this one, Alex, who runs Phoenix Society, music, which is like a Scottish music site, I guess, and a lot of problems that we put on shows, podcasts, and now we do like, obviously, maybe before we started, I do like single reviews and uh, written article interviews and features and all that jazz, kind of cover the whole kind of spectrum. Yeah, uh, plug it, plug it, everything, all the social medias, everything, get it on. Oh, yeah, uh, so, oh, this is going to be the test, so I can remember all. <laughs> Phoenix Society music. Instagram, Spinning Society Music, but with a one instead of an I. And Edgy. Twitter is Spinning City, that's because I couldn't get the number one. Someone, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so you had to make the. Um, yeah, so check those out. Give them love, like, share, subscribe, follow, all the good stuff. Um, and yeah, so let's jump right in. Where are you in life right now? What are you doing? What's happening? I'm back now with you at the minute, man. I'm up in the, the northeast of Scotland. And you're loving it, hating it. Surviving. But I'm saying to you though, like, it could be worse. I mean, I'm yeah. safe. I'm doing fine. I'm kind of still functioning as a human. I've still got a bit of a schedule about my day at the moment, so I'm not really too too affected by it. Not phased. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, it's one of those things. But there's not really anything you can do, so there's no point in getting like all worked up about it. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Um, so I mean, I kind of want to make the main body of this about vintage society music and i want to like dive in deep and talk with you about that and the interviews you've done but before we jump into that i want to talk a bit about uh film because yeah. i know you were uh i don't know if you currently do that or you still kind of do that as much but you made some banging short films and stuff like that yeah i've got another one coming out actually really? like pretty Plug soon. that as um, well <laughs> i shot it well i shot it um last february february 2019 and it's been one of those things, man, because I've been so busy with everything else, it's just kind of, I've always had work to do with other stuff, so it's just kind of put on the back burner. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things I did do that was productive on Sunday, I dug it out. Uh, I basically spent most of the day doing it, because I regraded the whole thing, you know, like colour green. Right. Uh, went through and regraded the whole thing, did all the colouring again, and changed the edit slightly. And then we're getting the score put on it this week, so it should be out, like, uh, pretty pronto. Uh, but I study films, so I guess I do still do a decent bit of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, how many shorts have you made? Um, that's a good question. I don't know, man. It's probably like ten or something. Maybe something about that. A dozen, maybe. And what's the sort of creative process behind them? Do you just like sit and write, or is there someone else that you usually take inspiration from, or what's going on there? Uh, well, I've not done them for a while. I mean, what I used to do was I just used to write this, sit and work quite a lot of the script. I mean, the same with what I do writing now when I'm writing reviews. I'm, my kind of process is that I redraft everything constantly. Mm. So, like, I mean, it would probably the same for scripts, but like, when I'm writing a review now, whatever, maybe like 5% of what was originally put down on the page will be like in the final thing. Like, it's just constant redrafting. Right. Uh, when against films, I would sit and write a script, and then once I kind of had that in a position where I was happy with it, I would send it out to folks that I've, you know, I've worked with before, cameramen. Uh, and cinematographers and stuff that all write in their own right and get their thoughts on it and then continue developing it and then once the script's at a point where we're happy with it that's when you kind of start getting actors involved camera people involved properly uh, a producer I know I used to kind of try and do as much of it myself as I could yeah, yeah, of course. I'm quite controlling when it comes to everything what um, what do you take sort of like inspiration from what what like they've been quite diverse um, so what is it like do you know what I mean what's going on there where do you find stuff and what, where do you pull stuff from well I mean everything I mean I used to I probably used to be better at it because I used to like 
the way my kind of oh, it's kind of the potential. The way, so the way my mind works is that I'm kind of constantly. I'll always be obsessed with something. So I used to probably be obsessed with film, and I was playing music a bit more. But when I was obsessed with film, I would just constantly be thinking of ideas and stuff mm. I wanted to do and shots and everything like that, and just constantly um, thinking of ways I could shoot things or projects I could do. So, I mean, like, so when we did one about a cowboy, and the inspiration for that was I literally just saw uh, a poster like on my wall. I used to the poster the good, the bad, and the ugly up, and then kind of starting what it was like, cowboy would become the city and all that. Mm. And then kind of grew arms and legs and turned out this whole like metaphor for immigration and the way people that uh, the way people treat other people that are different to them and stuff. Mm. And it'd be my first film, and then I did one about fucking fast food lunch like that as well. Just random places I used to draw inspiration from, just nonsense. But yeah, but I mean, can, I, it's a good point yeah. to start from. Like, you've got a good visual element, and then you can kind of work outward from there and work in the meaning behind it, and kind of use it as a vessel for topics you want to discuss or explore or say mm. something about. Do you think your mind is like more in music now? Yeah, as you say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I I'm always I'm always obsessed with something, and it used to be film. And I still love going to the cinema. I still love watching films. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still listen to film podcasts and do a lot of reading them. But it's definitely more as a, a consumer now, as opposed to a creator. Probably, I would still like to um, go back and write scripts, but I hate like the actual the filmmaking process, like shooting really? films. Oh, it's horrible, man. It's just messy, and it's like you just want to get your idea. I like editing, editing when it's done, and you're getting it to the final, done the home straight, and writing script when you can do whatever you want. But it's just, see, when you're making films, it's like everything you've envisioned just like crumbles, and it's just like crisp. Yeah, <laughs> where you're like rushing about trying to get all the shots you need. And all Is that, that not part of the excitement? Yeah, but it's also quite painful. It's like <laughs> on the idea for like months, or even like, I think one of them was like two years of like had the idea before I made it. It's just like it's just painful. It hurts. Um. So, vintage society music. You've got video series. You've got written articles. You've got podcasts. What else is going on? Or is that sort of the three main elements? Yeah, I mean, we do shows as well. That's probably the last one. That's probably your kind of bulk of promotions. Stuff there you go. So you've got in person. You've got audio only. You've got written only, and you've got for your eyes. You've covered the main bases. I like, yeah, I like to cover all the bases. I like to cover yeah. all the One for all the senses. You need one just based on smell now, and that's you, you've covered everything. What could that be? What could you use based on smell for you should You should make like a, a perfume based on certain bands. <laughs> that's quite a fun idea. That's quite fun. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm a genius. Um, so, what was the inspiration behind the vintage sign and vintage sign music? Um, well, I obviously used to work with yourself at Pure Culture. Uh, so Pure Culture. <laughs> <laughs> they came off the back of that, really, because I, I used to enjoy like, doing the blog and stuff there. Uh, and I was at the time I was still quite into my films and studying, I thought. But it didn't really seem to be. I mean, um, as far as my word, there doesn't really seem to be anyone else at the minute combining film and mm. uh, like, kind of doing. Obviously, Tenement TV do their, their sessions and all that, and you do get like net sessions and stuff that are really good. But in terms of like the Scottish scene, there's not really anyone else doing film interviews. I've seen like a few pop up, but in terms of like pumping them out consistently and like doing tons, there's not really any other blogs I'm aware of kicking about. You maybe, I don't know, is there? You maybe know. Not really, no. Not that it's like sort of like taking a deep dive like you have. Um, who are some of the most interesting people that you've spoken to? Like you personally have found them the most interesting? Jack Garrett was a really good one. Really, so yeah. Like back in 
February. He makes he some really pretty banging guy. music, so I'm not surprised he's cool. Yeah, I knew he'd be his person. It depends. I think as long as you like the person's music, you can. It tends to be like the artists that I'm more into are obviously I prefer speaking to because I think there's more I can kind of dive into and I'm naturally interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, HMLDT, you did them earlier this year, they were really good. Who's that? Uh, I think it's Happy Me Limited, it stands for HMLTD. Right. Band, pretty decent size, to be honest. I was at that end of the was sold out, I think, like 100 cap. Right. Uh, they're alright, they're like a good size, but a really good album this year. They were really fascinating to speak to because they're kind of quite a, like, kind of combined, like, a strong visual aesthetic with like art and music. Without going, oh, sorry, go for it. Sorry, what were you saying? Without going for like the, the heavy name drop, who is like the most famous person you've spoken to? Uh, I mean, worldwide sticky fingers probably. Like they play like stadiums in Australia and stuff. They're pretty. And I don't know, DMAs are probably. Mm. You know, they're probably quite big over here, aren't they? So some goodies in there. Um, what do you what do you enjoy doing most? Like what medium is it that you're? Is it shooting the interviews? Is it doing like the podcast style, or is it just written interviews? Uh, I mean, the best I've been interviews doing an interview face to face when there's not a camera. That's when you'll get the best like actual interview out of someone. Because mm. uh, if you just put like, I mean, I've got one here actually. It's just sitting out a shot. If you just put a little task cam down the table and then start speaking to someone, they forget it's there. Right. You're just you're having a conversation with them. That's when you get the best results, and it's the most enjoyable for both parties. So it kind of becomes a uh, transparent. Like people just ramble on. Like they don't. They're not paying attention to the cameras or like. Yeah, it was always kind of treat like a wall or a barrier. I mean, I always say like you get the best stuff when you're doing an interview when you're like packing up and sitting like taking it down mm-hmm. always after the interview actually when you finish the interview you just chat to them about other stuff that's always when you get the best stuff and the camera's turned off yeah yeah that's interesting what's some juicy gossip <laughs> oh I, can't, I couldn't say come on tell us something I can't in regards to like who anything, artist, anything I, I don't care anything I'm putting you on the spot I just want to hear any information I don't think there is. It's just there's always stuff like you hear someone's a big or something. Or, <laughs> other than that, that's all. So yeah. nothing, nothing specific. I couldn't possibly divulge. I might have come out of power thing. <laughs> you could say allegedly, and then no one will know. That's how that works, I right? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, I don't. I don't want to just name on a podcast saying oh, I've heard someone's a prick because I've never met them, so I wouldn't know. Like it could be lovely for all I know. Maybe fair just, enough. Fair enough. People get to like a. You totally caught out there. What was that? I was saying like, although some people might say they're a prick, like if you get to any any time you're successful, you're also gonna have to step on someone's toes if someone's not gonna like you. Like, mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay, we won't we won't gossip. <laughs> Ruining the fun, but no biggie. I'm not bothered. Um, no, but. Uh, who are some people you'd really like to speak to? Like, if there was no restrictions, nothing, you could just go for anyone. Who would it go? Who would you go for? Living or dead. Who? Living or dead. Why? Hmm? Why? Why? Why not just someone alive? Like, why do? You, why do we need to like have someone uh, dead? I mean, Bob Dylan, the obvious one. You'd want to speak to him, probably. He'd be an interesting guy. Um, are we talking like realistic or like just in like? I mean, you're you're going for dead people. Like, I always wonder, like, why that's something. Not dead. No, no, no. You you were asking like dead or alive, right? I I always think like, are we? 
out of luck like do we have so little cool people alive now that people are like oh can i pick someone that's dead <laughs> i was uh, that well, Really, yeah. Which is why, other than him, there's probably not too many. I mean, actually, there's like a lot of people I'd but just as many, you know, that are alive today. Like, you think, like, is anyone be a big fan of in regards to a band? Like, whether it's like Alright Monkeys or Rentapolar or any, you know, Strokes. Anyone who's got quite a colourful head, I think you're kind of interested to dive into it and see what's going on. Yeah. Especially the artists, what the thought process is. Regards to songwriting, their opinions on you know various things and stuff. Who would you go for that's dead then? You've made me intrigued. Right. And who else? Well, Give me a list. Jim Morrison, Jim Morrison, well, probably. Mm, that's good one. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's like John Lennon, John Morrison. Oh, uh, oh, there must be some more interesting people. Put them on the spot. No, I'm just because well, as soon as you say all the big ones just start coming, but there must be smaller bands. Hmm. Um, change of subject. Do you want to talk a bit about um, putting on gigs and promoting bands? I can. What would you like to know? I want to know everything. Tell me your process of going into it. How do you find it? Um, would you ever recommend someone to do this? Do you think this is something that people should dive into? Is it too hard? Is it worth it? What do you think? Um, um, Putting on gigs is probably the most. But putting on gigs is interesting because it makes it play a little differently. It, 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 it definitely kind of changed the experience I had like before and after, like in the music industry. Uh, once I started putting on gigs, because mm. when you're like running a blog, web when you're doing a PR site, uh, especially to that no one else is really doing. Everyone wants to. Everyone's like, oh, wants to do stuff. But then, like, there's so many like bigger promoters putting on shows. So as soon as that. Uh, you started like you kind of see the other side of some people, if you know what I mean. Mm. Which I think, quite, but that's like that's the music industry is up and I still when they want something from me, and then as soon as they don't think you, that's gonna be a good platform for them. They just don't they do it. Um, I mean, it is good. What did you say? Like go through the process of it. How it yeah. So, what is the sort of uh, process behind it? How do you find who you want to promote, and how does that go then? I mean, I I, I put a book in the venue. Like pick a day, book a venue. You booked the venue so that's on. Yeah, I think so. I've heard of people doing it both ways. I've booked the venue first, it's in place, and it's locked in. Right. There's always plenty of artists you can choose from. Like, there's so many artists you can put in Scotland at the minute. Um, I've booked the venue. I'll then go and start looking at an artist. I mean, it's hard to think of next. I'm kind of just starting. I mean, the plan was I do quite like working with the same artists like a few times. I would say I did. We did Pleasure and I would in last last June, and then we were also supposed to do two dates in March, and we had some other things that were getting discussed as well, but doing more dates with them. Right. I think we're just going to have to do the ones first. But I, I find someone that you enjoy working with, and they enjoy working with you, I think you do a decent job of it, and are able to kind of promote those shows well, then it is enjoyable to work with them again. Is the, uh, is the enjoyment of doing the show does it weigh out how stressful it is to actually put on the show? Probably not, to be honest. <laughs> it's, it's really stressful. Like, I get proper stressed out, especially at the start. I mean, I do love putting them on, uh, but compared to a lot of other stuff, it is so stressful. Because as soon as you start taking, again, like, as soon as you start taking money into an equation, people start to change, and mm. people want shows to be good. If a band is a shit interview, 
don't care about my band as a shit show, it's so much bigger. Mm. Um, so it's definitely important to actually put on you. I mean, luckily, just thinking about all the shows we've done so far, we've not had a bad show yet. So, which probably means there's one coming, which will be an interesting <laughs> experience that I've done. <laughs> I suppose a bad show you can just learn from, though, right? Yeah, man, same with anything. Like, ugh, I've made so many mistakes like along the road, and as long as you learn from them, there's nothing wrong with making mistakes. It's part of life. It's part of yeah. progressing. You have to make mistakes to get better at stuff. Exactly. As long as you can uh, take something from it, it's not really a mistake, is it? Yeah, exactly. If you can work out what went wrong and how to avoid that happen again, it's just a learning experience. Like everything, it's good. Exactly. Um, do you have any uh, podcasts, interviews, and gigs lined up? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think how much as I can say. Oh. So we've got the. <laughs> I'm looking got, for like the, reschedule, the rescheduled pleasure had dates. I think getting announced. This podcast, when's the podcast going up? When's this podcast going up? Yeah, what to say and what not to devil. Um, it'll probably go up. Uh, what day is it today? Wednesday. Wednesday. So not the Friday coming. Not the even Friday the Friday after. Not not even the Friday after. The Friday after that. So free Friday. Right, so we've got two shows. We've got coming our rescheduled. Um, so that's seventeenth of Snakey's and eighteenth in Aberdeen. They were rescheduled for March because obviously they got cancelled. When are they um, rescheduled for? Sorry. Seventeenth and eighteenth of September. So September. So do you think uh, like gigs and, and stuff like that, events like that of that level, will be back to normal by September? I have no idea, man. I mean, you, you just have to book them in. You've got to book them in case. Mm. Like you don't want to. I know. If, I mean, I know you know a few folk are just not rebooking anything. But I'm like, I just think it's a bit daft, man. You as well just book the stuff back in because it takes such little work to book a show back in. Like it's still hassle, but even if it gets cancelled in the end, it's worth booking it in in case. Mm, yeah. So I would hope getting the number. I think smaller ones will be. I don't think we'll see over five hundred cap shows for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, but I think they'll bring back the under five hundred cap ones first. I'm hoping. It's hard to say, man. They might bring them, I don't think they'll bring them back in London, maybe, but outside of the end of the summer, maybe, hopefully, we can start to see them coming, but no one knows. I, I don't know. I hope I don't have any estimation of one. Yeah. Have you had any, like, uh, gigs that you were going to attend being cancelled? Oh, tons, man. Tons, yeah. <laughs> I've lost that so many interviews and podcasts from all this, but you just got to keep going. There's nothing you can do. And the same with, I mean, we had, so we only had those we had three shows announced that got like officially like postponed, but I think we must have had about, about eight shows moved or something, ten shows maybe moved. Really? And just like other plans that we've had to cancel because we've now had to reschedule shows and chaos mm. at the It's the same for everyone, everyone's in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, of course. Can't help but be bummed out though. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'd rather that they weren't cancelled or postponed, but. Yeah. Um. So, if you could put on a gig, right, what would your dream venue be and who would your dream lineup be with your headline and support? Two bands. Maybe two sports. Two sports. Um, I'm trying, I'm, I, think I think what I'm going to do is I'd put on three bands I really like that would fit together. Say my favourite bands would like, kind of work well. As a show, um, what would the venue be? 
probably Barrowlands. Really? Barrowlands. Yeah. Um, it'd probably be. Oh, who am I going to put on head? Like, I know it's three bands, but I don't know who's on head. Probably put Art Monkey's headline, Strokes Main Support, in the polo. That is. <laughs> At the Barrowlands, imagine that. Someone would die. That'd be fun. <laughs> right. I, I honestly think that you should achieve this now at some point in your life. If you, if, like, uh, this is it. You're, you're setting this in stone. You're, this is a declaration. I've always said that I'll stop interviewing bands when I interview Paul Banks from Interpol. So we'll need to wait and see. <laughs> the day is not yet, but we'll never know. Um, so what else is going on in your life? What's what's happening in the future? I know it's like really unpredictable right now because of like the current situation of things, but where do you see Vintage Society going in the future? I mean, like, I think I, I don't want to sound insensitive, but like, I mean, we've definitely taken some positives from the whole um, kind of epidemic that's going on at the minute. Like the website wasn't supposed to start until May and the whole thing happened. I basically just knuckled down and got it out and up within a few days of we started working on it, which is the end of March. And since we started the website, like, for whatever reason, like, it's kind of just been growing. Like, views have been increasing week on week, every week. And the Instagram will like double the followers or whatever. I don't know if that even means anything, but the Instagram followers have doubled for whatever reason as a result of doing that. So, I mean, I've, I'm kind of wrapping up my uni work the end of next week. That should have be wrapped up. And after that, I'm probably just going to knuckle down. At the minute, I'm writing, like, two or three articles a day for the website. Uh, which is taking up all my time, but I've okay. got nothing else to do, so I'll probably just stop doing it anymore. As well as putting in a bit of a, a bit more of a structure and an infrastructure in place for when things go back to normal, so I can kind of handle better, because I'm not always the best at being uh, time efficient, probably would be the word, in regards not, to the website. <laughs> not always the best at time efficiency. I feel like that's everyone ever. We're all struggling yeah. with that one. But yeah, so you're just uh, keeping what you're doing consistent and just building it up, building it up. Yeah, I mean, just keep it going and see. You just got to keep pushing it, man. You can't really stop. Yeah. I mean, it's going out well the minute. Um, I definitely think there's a gap in the market, like the kind of Scottish music blog we see at the minute. So it's just about trying to keep putting out. It's not about putting out content. And that's the thing a lot of people think they just trying to put out tons of content, but mm. it has to be good stuff that people actually want to read or else. Yeah. What the fuck's the point? Yeah. Um, I suppose this is kind of like the best time to do it. There's a lot of like time. People have got a lot of time to like take the time to read it or listen to a podcast or watch a video kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see when everything goes back to normal, what happens at the viewership mm-hmm. on the website if that stays. Yeah, yeah. Same rate or if it drops off. Yeah. I mean, hopefully not. Hopefully everything just keeps going, but yeah, it's think- unpredictable. It is definitely, I mean, I certainly wanted the time to be writing like three hours of a day. Yeah, sure, sure. So, it probably will drop off a wee bit, as long as I keep pushing overall. Yeah, well, I hope everything goes well. Is there anything you want to bring up? Anything you want to plug again? I'm trying to think. I'm dr- I should have come up with some things that fit some questions for you. I don't know, what have you been up to? What's been, has your lot to I'm been? Just- <laughs> it's been a very one-sided conversation. Uh, I know, I, I suppose it does, like, it can feel like that. I, I'm just, like, constantly asking questions. I think I'm just, like, naturally into that, though. Like, even yeah. off-camera or off, like, podcast, I'm just, like... Is that why you, you started it? Um, I don't know. I feel like I probably just started it 
because well maybe actually yeah I'm just generally fascinated about what people have got to say I guess um, yeah you're, I mean yeah probably I, I think yeah I mean the good thing about your podcast is like I normally kind of stick to class I either normally do bands and occasionally I guess I'm like fuck on but you kind of get everyone so you must learn like quite a, a yeah. wide spectrum from it you must pick up a lot from people that's honestly that you're spot on like all i care about is just learning everything about everything nothing's off limits for me i'll talk about anything with anybody i just want to hear other people's points of views i want to share my point of view i want to just like bat it about and like constantly learn and sort of uh like evolve my perception of things um but yeah i, I don't want to like at all restrict who i speak to like i'll speak to anybody if anybody wants to talk that's well, a shout out to anyone that wants to talk yeah <laughs> I'm interested in um, like what's like your interview process before like doing questions because I've never actually spoken to anyone else who does interviews about how they can't prepare for it and what their process is. Oh, I don't have a process. Like, nah. I, I have a, like a notebook in front of me. There's nothing in it. Like, I, <laughs> the only thing I took note of is when we started the podcast, so that I know uh, like when to like cut to, so like the recording time to like when we actually started podcasting, just so I can find that part easy. That is literally all I have in this book. When uh, See, I, I, someone asked like why I uh, why I do this once, like someone that was on it, and I was like, basically, if I messaged you and said, "Hey, can you come like to my house and just speak to me for an hour?" That'd be really strange. But if I said, "Hey, do you want to come to my podcast and speak to me for an hour?" They're like, "Yeah, that's cool. That's totally normal." So like, that's kind of like the the process. I feel like I'm getting something out of it and learning about things without being a pure creep and being like, hey, <laughs> you want to come to my house and talk to me? It's um, like we did a we did a thing with the whole isolation stuff is going on the minute called isolation recommendation. Mm. Um, we basically just got artists to recommend like uh, album, artist, TV, film, like some culture and stuff. And I literally came up me sticking up I think on my Instagram story asking for reading recommendations. And I was like, why not I just ask bands and like frame it as an article? Honestly, I got so many reading recommendations after doing that, man. It was a perfect crime. That's good, that's good. I like the way you think. That's good. Um, in, in regards to my, uh, how I, like, my interview process, it's really just, I just talk to people. I don't, I don't like going in with, like, a preconceived idea because I feel like that would already guide where I want to go. Like, I like going in completely blind and just be like, I might ask stupid questions or I might ask like rude questions. I don't know, but I'm here to learn. Do you know what I mean? So and you just start the combo and then kind of freewheel it. And yeah. Just basically. Yeah. Like I would never just walk up to someone with pre pre written questions. Yeah. So I feel like I shouldn't do it in this medium because I want it to be as raw and transparent as possible. Yeah. How um, does that? Um, do you ever like get? Is it? Has there ever been a time that when you've kind of just not had a question? Or do you find you always have something? Um, man, you're you're killing it here, Paul. Let me think. I've turned the tables. <laughs> this is this is what I'm not ready for when people ask me questions like, "What do I say? What do I say?" <laughs> um, I feel like there's never been like, I'm not really bothered about like that lo- awkward like lull, because uh, I feel like I kind of do that naturally anyway. Like I'll take a moment and think because I want to process the information properly. I don't just like jumping on and keep going and keep going if I'm like stuttering or, or like tripping over myself because i'd rather take the time to like think about it but i feel like there's been a couple where i'm like literally gobsmacked i'm like what like that happens or... you, don't know. you don't know what to say yeah yeah like it's not that I'm, i have no question to ask it's literally because i'm i'm i have not no information to add to this situation it's just so overwhelming 
Also, I think if like someone reveals something quite personal or like heartfelt or they've been honest with you, it almost feels a bit insensitive to like follow up with like another question. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you totally need to read the room sometimes. I, I mean, like, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm very good at that, to be honest. Like, it's tough when you're in that scenario when the cameras are on. Yeah, and you're like, oh, lol. <laughs> you're breaking a sweat pretending like you didn't just hear that, and you're like. Like, sometimes you either hear it and you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Or sometimes you hear it and you're like, oh my god, I'm about to cry. <laughs> I was totally not expecting that. But yeah, sometimes when people reveal, like, I don't know, you don't, it's so hard. Like, how do you even handle it? Yeah, it's... I, I mean, like you say, you've got to read the room. You've kind of just yeah. got to... For it. Have you had one of those situations where you're like, oh, what did I say now? Like, they're just, just asking another question or move on or what? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I normally just try and t- I take a pause and kind of stick in. I'm just what I would naturally say. Like, I would probably say like something just what feels natural and try and take another question. Um, but it can be awkward because it's especially with the filmed ones. I mean, it's easier to do it when you're not over the phone or in person and you don't have the camera gone. But with the filmed ones, because the format is so question answer question answer. Yeah. You can make it conversational, but it's still kind of locked into that structure. Yeah. Um. Have you ever had a bad podcast yet? Bad podcast? This one? No, my God. See, again, like, I would say I'm pretty transparent. So when you ask me this question, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to say it. I'm ready to, like, pure is there someone one? down. But nah, I don't, I don't think I have. I feel like I get information. I get something out of all of them. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm constantly learning, even if it's, like, I don't know. I guess I don't really have a standard of like where I want it to be anyway. Yeah, I mean, um, like as long as you kind of get something from the conversation, like you say, it's yeah, successful. Um, I don't. Nah, I don't think I have a bad one. I've actually had like maybe two or three that I haven't uploaded though because like uh, there've been like technical difficulties or it's like I have a really weird thing where I don't want any edits in it. Like, I just want it to be, like, from start to end, and that's it. Like, so if anything goes wrong, and then it's, like, I've had one where someone, like, was, like, can you cut that out? And I was, like, no, I can't. I'll, I'll take the episode completely down, or, like, and they're, like, uh, I was, like, I'm happy, like, just take it down if that's what you want, but I'm not editing it. And they were, like, uh, do you know what? It's fine. Just leave it. <laughs> so I was, I was lucky in that one, but I really want it to just be, like, not well, just like a believable conversation. It's like a natural yeah. thing. I mean, if you put edit points in it, it definitely can take yeah. something out of it. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with like editing it. It's just um, I think they sort of just suit their own thing. Like with with my podcast, like this, I, I want it just to be sort of raw, transparent. I don't really care how how good it looks, as long as like the conversation is happening. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm willing to sacrifice quality, but then some things I'm like. I'd actually rather make this like technically worse, as long as it looks good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean you've got to stick by your guns and kind of set them what you want it to be, and then yeah. just kind of stick to that for every episode. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've like to some degree, I don't want this to be too polished because as soon as it's too polished, like I need to maintain that standard. But because yeah. it's kind of like rough and around the edges and just kind of like as it is. More handcrafted as well. I'm more kind of DIY. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, thank you for coming on. If you have any more questions, rapid fire, I'll, I'll kick them on if you have any. I don't know. Oh, do you listen to any podcast? That's one thing I'm always looking out for. Do I listen to I, any podcast? Podcast? 
podcast recommendations, yeah. Um, well, I can't recommend yours because you make yours, but I would recommend yours. I've listened to all your episodes. Pretty solid, great question asking, like you're a great interviewer. Um, I listen... I listened to one, I don't know the name of it, but I don't recommend it either. It's like a, it's literally like learning Spanish. That one sucks, but I'm still learning. I'm still listening to it because I want to learn. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring my phone up, see if I can find it. I've, li- I've definitely dabbled in uh, Joe Rogan because he's the OG, I suppose. Some interesting stuff on him. He's got some good ones. Yeah. I like how, how he does it. Like he has like, oh, I find this person inter- interesting. Come on, do you know what I mean? I like that. So transparent of what he's all about. I quite like H3 podcast. Um, H3. H3, yeah. Do you know them? No, I don't. Um, so it's uh, H3, H3 Productions. Like It's like a guy who had a YouTube channel. And him and his wife now uh, have a podcast. It's, it's pretty good. Um, do I listen to any more? I don't know. I feel like that's probably it. Definitely want to check out Louis Theroux's new podcast. I just saw that he has one. Oh, I listened to that. It was good. Really? Yeah. Worth the worth. Yeah, I like. Going with the, yeah, John Ronson. I quite like as well. He's got some good podcasts too. Who's that? John Ronson. He's like a journalist. Um, mm. he wrote he written that book. He's got like so he's been publicly shamed. Psychopath test. Right. 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 Medicine. Right. I can see them from here, actually. I've got, I've got them set on my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving the major shout out. You've even got the product. Love it. I know. It's getting free. <laughs> this is actually sponsored by... <laughs> John Ronson's book. But yeah. No, that is good. I, I, I listened to it yesterday morning. Yeah, yesterday morning. If, uh, if anyone watching has any good podcasts, hit us up. Tell us what you listen to. I'm definitely interested. Comment below. No one comments below, does it? I don't know about well, I don't know about you, but like obviously I don't know. Wait, do you upload your podcast to YouTube or is it just on like yeah? Where where is uh, it? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, three. Um, well, maybe you can like answer this question in regards to like your podcast and your video content. But do you get more view, uh, more lessons than you do views? Or more views need to listen generally. I know it's what, not the exact what, same in, content. in terms of podcast versus uh, YouTube videos. Yeah, both interviews. Like, what one gets the most uh, attention? Oh, YouTube definitely. Really? Yeah, hundred percent. It's because YouTube's a platform that people are constantly searching. It's like if someone sticks in, like the way I used to do it as well. I kind of looked at how the algorithms worked and how you could get your videos up higher. Um, um, so it's to do with like scheduling and having stuff come out at the same time every week and all that jazz. Right. Uh, and have a bit certain. I know, I know, that was kind of as far as I went with it, to be honest. But, like, when you used to stick in, like, you know, DMAs or whatever, I interviewed about the third video that would come up. So, like, I used to get, like, tons of, like, views from it, from doing all that. So, like, YouTube definitely, I've got way more views on That's interesting. Hmm, I'm interested to see what, like, everyone's kind of average is for people who, like, upload just the audio and then upload the video as well. Yeah, I mean, the thing about YouTube is they keep ticking up over time. Like, people keep watching them, whereas I find podcasts, you get a big burst at the start, and then occasionally you'll get someone else, but it's kind of, mm. doesn't come as quick. Um, well, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate yeah, it. Oh, I appreciate it. Good fun. Check out all of the, the uh, Vintage Society stuff. 
def- definitely recommend it. Uh, podcast, video content, written stuff. Got everyone, go to the gigs. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it, man.